Welcome to the Valley Beit Midrash podcast, a program of Valley Beit Midrash, a global center of learning and action. We're bringing you the best in diverse, pluralistic Jewish wisdom, all with the goal of improving lives in our global community. I'm Rabbi Shmuley Yanklowitz. Let's get started. Shalom, shalom. It's a delight to be here with uh, my colleague and friend, Rabbi Ben Berger, who is the Vice President for Jewish Education and Experience at Hillel International. I myself have been deeply influenced by Hillel as a student and as a former staff person. And Hillel is the leader and campus engagement um, for Jewish students. And there is so much happening in the world of Israel right now um, in regards to Israeli politics, in regards to the geopolitical situation, in regards to uh, Israel diaspora Jewish relations. And many people talk about campus, but aren't necessarily there and don't necessarily know what's going on on that front. So uh, Hillel has been thinking about its Israel education for a long time and continues to think with nuance about how to approach such a complicated issue. So I thought I could turn to our uh, our colleague, uh, Rabbi Berger here, to share some um some some insights on what is happening and how that's being thought of right now. So Ben, welcome uh, w- welcome back to Valley Beit Midrash. Thank you. It's a joy to be here with you, Rav Shmuley. Thank you so much. So appreciate so, the work that you do and and in really bringing voices to the fore. And and I'm excited for this opportunity to talk to you. Thank you so much. Me too. I'd appreciate all that you do on so many levels. So um, to zoom in onto this, uh, uh, to zoom out on this issue, what what is good? What does good Israel education look like? You know, many of us know what bad Israel education looks like. It brings more heat than light. It it, it moves people towards extremes. But what does good Israel education look like? Yeah, I appreciate the question. Um, I think I would say that good Israel education is just good education, first of all, right? In that it begins with the learner. It it is not coming from a, a particular perspective or a firm position about um, where you want that learner to end. But the thing is, it doesn't mean it's not without perspective, right? Uh, an educator is going to have per- perspective. And the reality is, is that all education to, is to some extent political, right? So we're not asking a, a you know an edu- for, of an educational experience to be without some perspective. But the question is, is how much room do you leave for the learner in the process of learner? How much space are you willing to give the learner to explore, to really reach into themselves, to really look into the sources, to look at the perspectives that they're being provided, to explore the values that are before them, and then to explore their own, to the to explore their own values, their own stories in light of what they're learning and the questions they're being asked. Is that the approach you're taking, or are you taking an approach where this is the answer, these are the myths, these are the facts? And if you don't accept the facts, then um, then you're you're wrong essentially. And and so it's the former, not that latter. I love that, you know. And I've had so many conversations with national and international organizations that really don't understand the difference between education and advocacy. There is a place for Israel advocacy. There is a place for all kinds of advocacy, but it is a very different thing than education. And. Um, uh, and and I really appreciate that Hillel is taking the approach of challenging people to think, being student centered, and they're going to come to a range of of outcomes of which we can't control. 
but our role is to uh, cultivate empathy, cultivate, you know, reason, um, cultivate dialogue. And so, yeah. um, and, and curiosity. Yes. And what was that? And curiosity. Curiosity. Yeah. Imagination, curiosity, interest, yeah. engagement. Um, and that doesn't mean that we're not values driven institutions. Um, but it means that um, we're first and foremost educational uh, uh, organizations that that think about those values with nuance. So, you know, a lot of people talk uh, today about the campus being on fire. Is that real? Is the campus actually on fire? What, Like, what do you see happening on college campuses in regards to, um, you know, students, you know, being under attack, this being a hotbed of activity? Um, and, um, you know, what's, uh, what's your perspective on that? Yeah. Uh, thanks for the question also. Um, so first of all, I, before I answer the latter part of the, the question, I just want to speak to the first part, which was sort of the distinction between advocacy and, um, and education. Cause, um, I think it is a really important distinction and one that's not made often enough. And I would say in many ways for the last couple of decades in particular, since I was a student and even... Um, which was more than a couple of decades ago, but um, we lived mostly in the in the space of advocacy, and and I understand why, right? Um, first of all, there's a lot of fear about what's going on, right? There's a lot of fear about about what's happening uh, on the ground in Israel and to Israelis, um, and um, and within the Jewish community, and and someone has to speak up and out for the Jewish people and speak up for the people of Israel. Um, and so our communities have invested and our funders and our institutions have invested a tremendous amount of, you know, treasure and time in in supporting um, the voice of, of the Jewish people on campus and everywhere um, to be heard. And that must be the case. Um, <clears throat> but the problem is, is when we when we build um, strategy around advocacy, advocacy to the exclusion of, of education, um, what happens is um, we don't create a wide enough um, um, uh, opportunity for students who really just want to be explorers, who who are who are resistant to um, to the myths and facts types of approach to to an approach that um, assumes knowledge, assumes relationship in ways that they're not ready to um, to commit to. And that's the thing about being a college student in particular. The, the period that college students are in, I believe, is really about exploring commitments and testing commitments. And the work of advocacy is so often about proving commitments. And the work that we need to be doing with students, I think, is in that exploration realm rather than that latter sort of, you know, advocating for commitments. And so that's why I've I've been, you know, a, an advocate uh, of of while not walking away from advocacy, because I think it remains important, and I'll speak to why a little bit more in a moment, um, building out a strategy uh, and a philosophy of exploration and inquiry, building curiosity, building that imagination of students, sticking in it, making making the work about the long the long effort of education and the patience that requires, um, because education doesn't come overnight. Whereas with advocacy, you can you can quickly learn how to go out there and speak and 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 write a letter and you know and 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 yell from wherever whatever perspective you're in, which is important. Don't get me wrong, but um, um, the work of education is is a longer, slower burn. And 
you know, that we have to be patient on and really have a long strategy. So I know I took you away from the question that you asked. So let, let me let me come back to that. So is the campus on fire? This is the question that I've gotten probably, you know, in synagogue at least more than any other question for probably 25 years now uh, since I was a student um, at the beginning of the, the second intifada, which I'll just say personally had a huge effect on my way of thinking about the work we do with students today. But that's maybe for a longer conversation. So it's really important for us um, to distinguish between, you know, the fire and the smoke. We spend a lot of time, I think, um, seeing smoke and smoke signals and worrying about what that fire is. And, oh, the campus is burning. The anti-Semites are out. The anti-Zionists are out. And I don't want to um, demean that. There is a lot of anti-Israel, a lot of anti-Semitism, a lot of anti-Zionism. Not all of those th three things are the same. But there is a lot of it on campus. And there has been for a long time. It's not new. But I think what's different now is, A, it's more ubiquitous. It's just kind of everywhere in campuses we never would have anticipated. Um, and it's also more brazen. The things that that you used to wonder, oh, you know, is that anti-Semitic? I could argue, no, 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 that's, or is that anti-Zionist? I could argue that's like legitimate criticism of Israel or falls within the realm of criticism. Today, the the there's, the line is, is actually you know, um, less thin. People are stepping over it all the time. And so I get a weekly report about incidences on campus and they're shocking and they're frequent. But I do want to say, um, I don't think, you know, and this is for another conversation that I hope we can have. I don't think the the issues related to Israel on campus or even anti-Semitism on campus are the biggest sources of the fire. I think the fire that we actually have to be real about and and talk about more, relate to the mental health of our students, um, the mental health of young young people in general, which is um, um, really far more problematic. Um, by the way, I'll say often made more problematic by anti-Semitic incidents, for Jewish students at least, anti-Israel and anti-Semitic incidences that happen on campus. Those can exacerbate, but the reality is they're there's so many students and so many people of the age group of college students who are suffering from real issues related to depression, suicidality, um, having lived, uh, you know, un under, you know, very difficult, harsh circumstances from a from an emotional um, perspective over the last number of years. And so that's that's an, a longer conversation for us to have. Um, and I think it's a worthwhile one. But um I'll just just wrap up by saying, like, I don't want to demean or diminish rather the the reality, um, the harsh and difficult reality that campus can sometimes be. But I also want to say that um, just as much as there are difficult moments on campus, and they really are difficult. There, are, the, it's also the best of times. There are more students being engaged in Jewish life uh, today than ever before. There are more students being engaged in Jewish education than ever before. There's more learning going on on campuses. This is not only from Hillel, by the way. I love Hillel, I work for Hillel, but this is across the board. This is Chabad, this is Orthodox outreach um, through Olami. This is through a variety of organizations. We're all working hard to, to provide, inject meaning and purpose and connection in the lives of young people. And we're doing it better than we ever have. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Long answer, I'm sorry. Yeah, I love it, I love it. 
So, so I'm all for training young activists. I do quite a bit of that myself. Yeah, um, you do. But I, but but I also don't love thinking of of them as our pawns for our broader communal agenda, who just are going to be on those front lines anyways. And I love what you said about thinking about mental health and um, especially at a time like this. But how do you respond to those who critique Hillel that they need to be moral leaders, right? And let's take the case from the far left and the far right. The far left is going to say, you know, the number one role of Hillel right now is to train these young Jews to fight occupation, right? And the far right is going to say the number one goal is to is to is to um, you know train these young leaders to to fight any critique of Israel they hear on campus from those from those leftist academics and the like. And both think that um, Hillel needs to be you know the moral leaders to make sure that that we're uh, uh, being sure those students can be fighters. Like, how do you how do you kind of respond to that? You, I'm sure you hear that on a daily basis from funders or advocates on one side or another. Yeah, look, um, I'm all for moral leadership, as you know, and and there are times where I think students have to step into that breach and have to speak truth to power. And um, and I also don't know that moral leadership necessarily always comes from the places we think it does. Um, I think our greater responsibility is is not toward steering students toward, um, especially in the period of life that they're in, um, when they have a responsibility to be learners and growers of their own selves, their own identities, to understand who they are in this world, how they belong in community, and then and then to take the step toward what does it mean to, you know, speak out and to create and for, for myself and for others. I mean, that's, that's the progression I sort of understand. But um, getting to that third phase of, of being being moral leaders or even, you know, leaders of of experiences for for, uh, you know, Jewish experiences or otherwise, um, it takes a lot of internal work. It takes a lot of learning. It takes a lot of knowledge. It takes a lot of understanding of, of, of who you are in relation to the world. And so I would say our moral responsibility um, actually begins with helping students um, progress. Uh, along a, a journey of, of exploration towards self and understanding who they are in this world. And, and I don't mean that as an evasion of like the real pressing moral issues that we do want young people to feel passionate about and step into. Um, but <clears throat> um, I'm really resistant to the idea that just because um, one population, whether it's the left or the right, you know, thinks that their perspective uh, of whatever the issue is, is the right one and that we should be speaking out and our students should be speaking out on that issue um, makes it the right, you know, um, strategy and uh, for us as an organization to, to, to press upon our students. I think our, our, our obligation goes back to those students and to helping them become who they're supposed to be. And if that means they're supposed to become moral leaders on certain issues, well, then we have to help them do that and 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 make their way there in a in a way that's responsible, that that understands um <clears throat> that there are many diverse perspectives on these issues. And while they can hold their perspective, uh, that doesn't mean that there aren't other perspectives that are out there that they, you know, can't sit down and, and listen to and hear uh and and um and even if they are to ultimately disagree. Beautiful, beautiful. So, you know, this current moment is um, 
is um, really bursting with tension. I mean, the president, President Herzog even used the phrase civil war. And um, we know that the right in Israel wants to further judicial reforms and feel that that's fair. And the left and a big parts of the center over there are in mass protests by the hundreds of thousands in regards to the weakening, what they view as the weakening of democracy. And uh, many in American Jewish leadership, of course, are very concerned. Um, is this just another moment and Israel educators in, in the on campus should go about business as usual? Um, or do you see kind of a unique role that they should be playing in a moment like this? Yeah. Uh, this is a very difficult issue and, and, and difficult question. And the first thing I would say about education in general is that it need it need not be reactive. I said this before, but um, you know, education is long, slow, patient work, uh, which often will feel like a burden. Um, but um, so every time a thing happens, we need not drop you know everything and and run toward whatever that fire is. Um, and yet, this moment feels different, right? It feels like a type of crisis of another um, uh, order. And I think it's important for me to just state and and uh, and this I think I can say on behalf of Hillel, um, we're a pluralistic organization, and that is a um, a very meaningful value of ours that we understand our our um, obligation to be and responsibility toward these to students to be um, very wide and to hold a very wide um, tent um, for the many different types of students from left to right. Uh, across many as aspects and axes of axes of diversity, um, and that certainly includes political. So for me, um, this moment for us is not about jumping into the fray in relation to the argument and um, that is happening within Israel, but it is it is to hold space to help students understand what's going on, to understand the history of this to understand other moments in Israel's history, but also in Jewish history, where, where we have, you know, fought over critical issues. There are, there are many moments um, over Israel's 75 incredible years that, that um, have been moments of incredible tension. Um, now, this may or may not prove to be something different. We don't know how it will play out. So I think our, our responsibility is, first of all, to help students be aware of what's going on. Many of them, you know, the campus can be a bubble. So they're living in a state of, you know, relative ob obliviousness to, to what's happening in Israel. So I do think we have a responsibility to help them know what's going on, to to, to just lay the reality before them, um, to, to contextualize it within the history of, of Israel. And as I said, within the history of the Jewish people, to give as many perspectives as we can. And I think that's, that's really important to add. And that begins with asking, you know, what are the questions of the moment? Let's start with inquiry. What's what 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 are what is this about? Is this about democracy? Is this about freedom? Is this about is this about justice? Is this about minority rights? Um, so let's ask those questions. Let's get multiple perspectives, and let's let's think about, you know, what are the values those perspectives um, are 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 um, speaking to right now, um, and let students explore it without giving them the answers. Yeah. Now, if they want to go out and protest, I God bless them, and I may even see them out there, you know, um, right? And and I'm not going to say which side, um, but but our responsibility of of as educators is um, is not one I don't think uh, of of 
you know, arming them with the signs to go out and protest. And yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, I think back to my own relationship with Israel. Um, and there was a time I lived there with with the in the in the Haredi world, the ultra orthodox world. I lived for two years on a hilltop in a caravan with the religious Zionist community. I have so many secular partners there. I've been a part of the peace conversations with with Arabs. I mean, as and uh, active as a social justice activist. And what I want for students is, I want them to love the richness of all of it. I want them to you know to fight for the parts they love. Um, and but mostly, I just want them to engage with a full experience like I've had, whether whether they go in and out of different pockets, in and out of different relationships, and just to engage in the full experience. And I'm so grateful that Hill International provides experiences where they can engage, relate, think, question. Um, and I just say, cool luck of to you and your colleagues for all you're doing to fuel that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Do we have another minute? I want to I want to oh, make yeah. uh, take a close respond quickly. Um, yeah. You know, you you spoke about love and you spoke about engagement and exploration as well and what you just said. And I think I think those are different things. Uh, and this is a longer conversation also. Yeah. But um, a lot of the way that people have thought about Israel education uh, over the last decades and and I relate to this is we want to inculcate our children with a sense of love. Right. And we want them to love Israel. And I think that's one of our biggest challenges. Like, I want my children to love Israel. I really do. And I give them all sorts of opportunities to explore Israel. And that is true. Um, but when we try and teach toward love, we put we put um, people we, we have to remember that that love and hate um, are, are on a continuum. And what happens is, is um, love can easily turn into hate. So the biggest thing that I worry about is when 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 we teach toward love and then that turns into a type of betrayal that we experience. And, and then all of a sudden we experience the, the flip, which is a deep sense of hatred and the last thing we want of our students today is to 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 exist on that that you know binary of love and hate. And so what I want us to do is move away from teaching toward love and certainly you know never to teach toward hate, but but to 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 teach toward um I don't want to say more complex, but but toward a deeper type of engagement and exploration. Mm -hmm. Um away from the fantasy land and toward um um, uh, an exploration of, of what the state and also what the idea of Israel really is. And that's a much bigger challenge for, for, for um, our community, but I think one that we're ultimately up to and that we have the tools to work toward. Beautiful, very well said. And what is clear to me though, is that we should inculcate a love for Rabbi Ben Berger. <laughs> um, we don't even have to do because it just, it'll just flow naturally, whether we educate this way or that. So thank you for all the great work you do and for taking this time to, to, to shed some light on the great work you're doing. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Valley Beit Midrash podcast. Remember that you can join our email list at valleybeitmidrash.org to stay up to date on new programs, learning opportunities, and more ways to stay connected. If you enjoyed learning with us today, support our work by making a donation at valleybatemadrash.org slash donate. Join us next time as we continue to work together to build a better world. Thanks for listening.